chapter seventeen of natalie page this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. natalie page by catherine haviland taylor chapter seventeen who caught the mouse trap the night after my birthday party at which the hostess was clothed in pink pajamas and a coral bathrobe and one of her guests wore a crepe de chine nightie i slept badly in the first place i was bruised and sore from my fall and in the second frankly frightened i kept imagining that i heard things as you do when the lights are out and the world is still outside my furniture creaked as the damp night air crept in a board snapped and my radiator clanked i used my flashlight about two hundred and eight times and then ashamed of myself lay back and decided i would go to sleep and not be silly and i did go to sleep when i woke it was quieter than ever and very still but i knew by the goose flesh hot and cold choked sensation i had that i had been awakened by something foreign perhaps a noise that should not have been and that i was not alone i lay shaking but with my eyes closed and then i felt a light flash across my face i stirred sighed as you do when half awake and turned then i heard footsteps near my bureau and a gently sliding noise which was the drawer being pulled out i stealthily reached for my night-light but it had been set off the table on the floor put out of my reach and my flashlight was gone i did some quick thinking in fact i don't know how i got all the reasoning i did in those few minutes but somehow it went in i reasoned that if i called i would be hurt before anyone could reach me and that i had no chance to get up and get out of the room alive and i decided that if the bracelet was the only thing wanted i would not be hurt if i kept quiet so i adopted the policy of possums and lots of the little grapevine insects that look so much like twigs or a bit of leaf and lay still i heard the trap snap and a muttered word that is absolutely unquotable and i had to smile even then and i was fearfully frightened almost sick from fright to be truthful then i turned again and sighed and, and i heard the man woman or whatever it was grow quiet absolutely heard he she or it hold its breath wait in suspense and the silence of the moment was louder than lots of noises it simply throbbed then there was a soft noise and i saw a dark form in front of the window heard a scratch of a heel going over the sill and something scratch i coughed there was a quick movement from the window and i knew i was alone it was a cloudy night with the air still threatening snow and the court is dusky even in daytime so i could not even get an outline of the intruder which i wanted and so greatly needed i heard a scuffle outside as if someone were sliding down against bricks and then there was silence throbbing silence once more which seemed loud as it so often does at night i lay very still for several moments perhaps it was many minutes i don't know for i was sick and shaking and i imagined half fainting because the bed seemed to be floating even then i was ashamed of myself for my lack of courage when i at last got my nerve back i sat up wiped my forehead which was wet mopped off my cold damp palms and felt around for my night light i found it about a yard from my bed and after i set it back i lit it and looked around nothing was disturbed but i found that the trap was gone well i thought i have you now and i stood looking down at the empty box and smiling but i missed it something was disturbed a piece of wood was torn from the window-sill the great piece which had been started in a jag by the holes made that night of the wrappings and on the remaining splinters of this was a piece of cloth 
quite evidently torn from clothing if i were only a sherlock i thought as i held it i didn't dream it would ever really help but i put great faith in the scar that a trap would leave after that i went over to sleep with amy she moved as i crawled in by her but didn't wake i was glad that i didn't disturb her for she had been to a party the night before which lasted longer than my birthday affair in the morning amy got up without waking me and at ten aunt came in to sit down on the bed didn't sleep very well she asked eyeing me quite anxiously i thought i said i hadn't very hum she mused and then well we'll have a nice breakfast in bed after you've been in the tub use those bath salts the doctor gave you dear very relaxing and i'll hunt something for you to read she was very nice to me and i did so appreciate it evelyn wanted you to go driving with her she's decided to go out to-day but i wouldn't let her call you got up and had breakfast with her father this morning for some reason usually we don't see her before ten on sundays but the young mind is a riddle do you think you can go to sleep again after breakfast i said i'd try i'll send jane in to get you a fresh night-dress and to help you bathe said aunt as she stood up and then she patted my cheek murmured something of an engagement and left when jane came in i nearly fainted she had her right hand done up and she told me she had run an ice-pick into her second finger and that it hurt something fierce i thought she was pretty cool about it for at that time i was sure it was jane didn't know the cook let you touch the refrigerator i said as i kicked off my slippers and stepped in the tub jane who was picking up my nightie explained that the cook had been out and that she was entertaining a gentleman friend who had brought a bottle of beer with him and that sounded queer to me it isn't just the thing one would pick out for an offering to love and besides it is not as common as it once was he's lucky to have it i said and then do you like ice and beer i didn't know people usually put it in that jane grew pink and she looked at me appealingly i couldn't soften for i knew i must get whatever clues i could some people likes it in she said lamely and then went to get me a fresh night-dress and a negligee of amy's that aunt penelope had told her to let me wear she brushed my hair and tied it with great bows of wide pink ribbon and then tucked me into bed jane i said haven't i always been good to you i've tried to be you always have been miss she answered you have a pleasant way with you and edo and me is always saying how different you are from miss evelyn and never mind about that i said but if you ever wanted anything very much i hope you would come to me and ask for it or tell me about it instead of borrowing whatever you liked for special occasions that's what ma always called it she said just borrowing she took in elegant washes and we kids wore them clothes regular we certainly missed ma when she died jane wiped her eyes and although i felt sorry for her i did want to smile she mixed things so did you like the bracelet i asked boldly and simply want to wear it occasionally borrow it what bracelet she asked but she coloured hotly i gave up i tried to give her a chance but i saw she wasn't ready to surrender without war after a few more moments of puttering and making me comfortable she left and i lay thinking how it could be solved then ito came in with a wicker breakfast tray which stood on little legs and on this was a pink china breakfast set which was cheerful and easy to eat from ito had put a rose between the folds of my napkin and i was pleased that is so pretty ito i said i wasn't very hungry but i am now and then i stopped my eyes glued to his hand the right one which was bandaged i gasped you've hurt yourself i asked ito grinned widely everybody have bandage he remarked pleasantly jane have ice pick and finger eyes sharp knife for benefit of steak and make mistakes in direction everybody stabbed to bleed 
i giggled a little it seemed so funny who else i asked in despair miss evelyn shut hand in motor door it smashed open he went on mr kemp went new servant hurt hand to cut on bottle that is fall to floor and break all is hospital i said i was sorry for them but started laughing ito joined me and just at that moment evelyn appeared have you seen amy she asked i said i hadn't had to go to the doctor's the minute she got up evelyn explained she didn't say a word to anybody about it but was awfully game it seems she got up to close a window last night the wind was frightful you know and she was half asleep i imagine and fumbled it for the window came down on her fingers and she was really hurt what your hand to ito and she began to laugh with us but no one had the full appreciation of the joke that i had it really was funny although it did disturb me i began to believe it was jane but i looked at the sample of cloth that had caught on my window-sill and wondered why jane would wear that sort of a suit at night and why she would go out on the balcony when she might have left more easily by my door for while the balcony does lead past amy's room to the pantry window my door is the first on the hall which belongs to the sleeping part of the apartment and to leave by that would mean running no risks of encountering any one's wakefulness on return i remembered the scratching noise and wondered whether i had heard it what it meant but i wasn't to know for some time after that the next week was quiet but the week after words fail there should be one word that implies hair standing on end cold chills shaking knees goose flesh and a heart going about twenty-seven thousand hard wax to the minute i could use that word i really could and i need it End of chapter seventeen